0: The El Conservador radio show is sponsored by the Federation for American Immigration Reform and George Rodriguez on 930 a.m. The Answer. time for the El Conservador radio show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news in liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez.
2: Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio on the El Conservador show. Welcome, my friends, on this beautiful... August fifth, twenty twenty three. The uh, July is completely gone, and now August is here, my friends. Getting ready for football season. Yeah, might be hot right now, but we're getting ready for football season in South Texas. Um, we've got a packed show today, like we always do. Let me tell you who our guests are, so we can get into the program uh, as quickly as we can. First of all, we've got my very good friend Miss Sheena Rodriguez, who is president of the Alliance for a Safe Texas, She recently uh, testified uh, before Congress on the trafficking of minors, and uh, you're going to want to hear what she says, my friends. We've got a lot of discussion going on, particularly with this movie uh, that's uh, out right now that uh, talks about uh, child uh, trafficking. My friends, it's real, and you're going to want to hear what Sheena has to say about it. Our next guest is Mr. Victor Avila, another very good friend. He's a former DEA agent, and uh, he's going to be telling us about uh, the human trafficking that's going on right now and how the Biden administration is actually helping the uh, cartels, how it's facilitating the human trafficking, my friends. It's outrageous. Um, our our, guest, our third guest is Mr. Rob O'Donnell. He's a new guest. He is uh, on the board of an organization called Pipe hitters uh, in Dallas. And he's going to be chatting with us, my friends. Rob is a former New York City police officer and also a Dallas law, former law, Dallas law enforcement uh, officer. And he is going to be talking to us about what is happening on DART, the Dallas a- area rapid transit, how it's becoming increasingly dangerous. And again, this is all directly re- related, my friends, to soft on crime. Uh, elected officials and DEA uh, and uh, district attorneys, should I say folks who are more interested in social justice than in real justice. And uh, so, I mean, uh, police officers are getting punished while criminals are getting excused. You're going to want to hear what he's got to say, because my friends with the border wide open with, with uh, heaven knows how many criminals and even terrorists are sneaking into our country Uh, To have uh, local political jurisdictions that punish uh, police officers for doing their job, it's ridiculous, and it's putting our safety at risk. That's the fact. Our final guest, my friends, is my very, very good friend, Mark Morgan, former uh, Customs and Border Protection uh, Director in Washington, D.C. He is now... uh, uh, an expert, of course, on um, on border security, and he's going to be giving us an update, my friends, of the ridiculousness that is going on in D.C. with uh, Mayorkas, uh, the Homeland Security, the Biden Homeland Security Secretary, the craziness that is going on, and the impact that it is having on our safety on our on the border, my friends. We have a we actually have at this point, my friends. A national government that is upset with the state of Texas because we are trying to protect the national boundaries. I mean, is that irony or is that stupidity? It's both. So anyway, welcome to the show, my friends. I'm glad you're joining us. Tell your friends to join us. Uh, we will post the show after after it's done and uh, people can listen to it at will. Uh, we'll put it on, on our social Facebook pages. So um, without further ado, my friends, let's go to our first guest. Howdy, 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 once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. And uh, we've got uh, our good friend, Miss uh, Sheena Rodriguez, who uh, is president uh, of the Alliance for a Safe Texas. She was in Washington, D.C. this past week uh, doing a presentation on a very, very hot topic uh, and we, I wanted to get her on, uh, so she could tell us about it and, uh, inform us a little bit more about this, uh, hot topic of trafficking. Uh, welcome to the show, Sheena. Thank you for taking time to be with us from your busy schedule. Tell us about, um, your, uh, your trip to DC.
3: Thank you so much for having me on. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, last Thursday, uh, I was invited to go speak at the Deposit of Faith Coalition first ever press conference of, of, of its kind. Um, the Deposit of Faith Coalition is essentially uh, conservative uh, Catholics that uh, d- different conservative Catholic groups um, that are coming together and taking a stand uh, against the the woke ideology that they're seeing, like so many other denominations are seeing in our churches. And specifically, uh, they focused on four topics: uh, the climate hoax um the the uh, bishops going after the 2a rights the gun rights um, freedom of speech and then what i was there for which was uh, immigration and uh trafficking so that's that that's what I was there for to, to focus on and to speak uh to speak with it was an honor uh, I got to stand on the stage with Trevor Loudon who I greatly respect um so that that was amazing but really uh, the focus that I really focused on was the ngos or non-governmental organizations that you know also well like those operating right there in San Antonio, um, and on how the the international implications uh, with the UN and the WEF, the World Economic Forum, um, with this global compact of migration, and then brought it down to the lobbying efforts that we're seeing from uh, NGOs like Catholic Charities, um, you know, on the federal level that are, adamantly lobbying against any any type of secure like for example the secure the border act of 2023 that congress tried to pass they were adamantly against that they're adamantly against the building of the wall and then right here in the state level you know i'm down there in austin all the time even with my own two bills that we were fighting for with regards to trying to assert some state sovereignty and trying to to, to begin to address some of the issues with the trafficking of the unaccompanied minors, um, they they adamantly fought Catholic Charities and the Texas Bishops, lobbied against all of our efforts uh, here with border security and with regards to these facilities. And, you know, what a lot of people don't realize is, is... (laughs) <laughs> All that we're hearing right now with the unaccompanied minors the eighty five thousand that' gone you know gone missing that I testified at there to Congress uh, just a few months ago about. Um, the middle man is these NGOs, and that's one of the things that I stated in, in my presentation of my speech was, you know, it is the NGOs, HHS and ORR, the Office of Refugee Resettlement that receives a lot of these un- unaccompanied minors, contracts with these facilities like the one right there in San Antonio, and then for the care of the unaccompanied minors, but then also for the supposed budding of these sponsors, and Texas has received the the number one state in comparison, Florida and California, is number two and three. Um, but Texas has absorbed more than any other state of unaccompanied minors being released as sponsors. And how many of those unaccompanied minors that are verifiable cases and those that we don't even know about of trafficking have gone through NGOs right here in Texas? So those were some of the things. And then, of course, the money, the the millions and millions and millions of dollars. And that's what this group, uh, the, the of Faith Coalition, is aiming at is to say that these organizations uh, that, under the Catholic Church banner um, that they need to be, is, uh, their tax exemption status uh, revoked and that they need to start publishing their 990s or their tax records so that we as taxpayers can see what is being done with our money.
2: That's amazing. The situation of these, uh, like you call middlemen uh, organizations, these non-profits, uh, NGOs, non-governmental organizations that are, uh uh, facilitating the uh the movement uh call it trafficking call it uh whatever you want but the moving of children uh not to mention the adult illegal aliens but the children and um and then they can't find them Uh, this is amazing to me uh was there an outcry i mean was there any kind of response from congress on this uh on this event
3: so no unfortunately not just similarly i'll be really honest went up there and was asked to testify in front of the house judiciary committee subcommittee um with the whistleblowers like tara rodas and jessica Vaughn from center for immigration studies and i I, I, i've been asked that has there been any follow-up no there hasn't i can tell you that that's the other reason why we're focusing right here that i have focused most of my efforts right here in the state of texas and in austin um i i had a conversation with a, a an office of the legislator that reached out just yesterday saying what can we do and I'm like this is what I've been fighting for this is the plan this is what other states like Florida is doing Um, is it going to solve some of the issues no but we need to I believe and my belief uh, D.C. is we can't just rely on that. We have to focus on what we can do here on the state and local levels. Heck, there's things that even uh sheriffs, county sheriffs can do. And that was one of the things that I mentioned yesterday. County sheriffs can start demanding to know how, how many unaccompanied minors have been released to sponsors in their counties and where they are. Uh, and then if they do not receive that information, they need to blow the whistle on that. Um because that, that, that is one of the things that we could start to do um here on the very localist, you know, local of levels, um, to, to start trying to combat some of these issues that we're seeing. But as of right now, we are still pushing for a letter uh, on the uh, on, in Austin uh, through the state legislators. We've got one on the House. We may start having one on the Senate asking for a state-level investigation into the trafficking of the unaccompanied minors right here in the state of Texas. Florida's already done it. Um, I, I, Representative Stan Kitsman carried that. Um, we actually had bipartisan support. It took us months and months to get this done. We haven't released it just yet because we're trying to work on the Senate side in Austin, and, and that's what we're doing. That's part of the conversation that we had. And with that information, then we can start, if that investigation is done, then we can start uh, really trying to figure out some other ways that we can try to try to fill in some of the gaps um, of the federal government that we're seeing.
2: Amazing. Um, Let me ask you this before we let you go, because right here in San Antonio, right here in Bexar County, we have a sheriff uh, who has been investigating uh, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, for trafficking illegal aliens to uh, Massachusetts uh, so that um, in uh, Hyannisport or in Cape Cod, they could um, get a taste of the illegal immigration that that we are experiencing. He is investigating the governor of of Florida, but I don't see him investigating any of the NGOs or even anybody over at the uh, migrant center. What are your thoughts?
3: (laughs) Yeah, Uh, so that facility in San Antonio just received an additional $32 million um, just recently, this year, Uh, in addition to several other uh, grants and allotments and awards that's almost impossible to track. Uh, Governor Abbott, uh, a while back, had actually demanded of AG's office, and it did start, don't know where that investigation is, uh, into the NGOs that are operating in the state and how they are facilitating trafficking. Th- those are the things that we need to start looking at. As a matter of fact, there was five different congressional members that also called for an investigation of Catholic charities specifically, which I know that there is affiliation with that, that, that facility in San Antonio. Yep. I believe it was Catholic charities that was brought in to, to take over that area. Yes, to care it for it. Yep. Uh, so like th- th- that's what we need to be focusing on. I-, I can't, it's beyond me, the issues that we have in San Antonio and all across Texas, that that would be their main focus. Uh, to me, and my opinion, I'm still allowed to have my opinion. It's gaslighting, gaslighting, and diversion <laughs> of the true issues that are that are occurring.
2: You got it, Sheena. Thank you so much, as usual, to be to uh, be on our show. Thank you very much for all the fight that uh, you take uh, all over the place. Uh, God bless you for it.
3: <laughs> thank you so much. Take care.
2: Once again, we've been to- talking with our good friend, Miss uh, Sheena. Rodriguez, who is president of the Alliance for a Safe Texas, and uh, tell them about your 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 website, uh, secure the border.
3: Secure the border. Us secure the border. Us. That's where people can can find me. It has all my social media links, and the biggest thing really is our Substack, which you can find the link at the website. That's where I post a lot of our action items. I just put out a call uh to the to, to the governor a letter that was just sent out yesterday to the governor's office asking for a third special session and one of those issues is these exactly what we were talking about uh with these hhs contracted facilities uh as a priority so we can start moving that needle so secure the border.us people can go there and then click on to subscribe uh, at our sub stack that's on the website thank you so you got, very much thank
2: you, you got thank it you. once again my friends george rodriguez el conservador talking to you from san antonio Howdy, 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 once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. And we've got our good friend, Mr. Victor Avila, who, uh, former uh, DEA agent, and uh, now doing a uh, speaking engagement as we speak, is Oklahoma City, spreading the word, telling folks about what is going on at the border. Because, well, I'm going to ask him to tell us. Apparently, transparency is not something that the Biden administration really believes in. Victor, thank you for taking time to be with us. Welcome to the show, señor.
4: Thank you, George, great to be uh back with you.
2: All right, so let's start. First of all, I hear that the, that you are part of a documentary called 9/11 uh, or something like that. Can you tell us it's, about that? What's what's that about?
4: Yeah, this is it's called uh, Border 911. It's uh defend the border with a collaboration. Uh, it's a Tom Holman, uh, ex-director of ICE under President Trump. It's basically his story. And we we shot it last year uh, down at the border, trying to, again, uh, bring the real awareness and exposure to um, the rest of the country of what is actually happening at the border. So I happened to be down there with them. And uh, we actually presented this movie to Congress, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we went in uh, and showed the movie to them, and we're trying to do that to these legislators by also not just showing them the movie, and because you know pictures speak loud in their words sometimes, but also the briefing them. Um, as you know, I stay on top of on a daily basis of what's happening not just on the border, but in Mexico and how that affects us. And uh, so this is a really good collaboration with Tom Holman that we're going to continue with. Uh, border nine one one is the uh, Board911.com is the website to go to as we're going to start engaging and speaking engagements around the country and with a lot of great speakers, including uh, Sarah from Fox News, uh, Tim Ballard from the movie uh, Sound of Freedom, uh, Mark Morgan, ex-CBP Commissioner, Derek Maltz, a retired DEA agent. So you're going to get a group of experts um, uh, and, and on these stages with uh, a lot of really good, information that people need to hear. Believe it or not, George, people still are not completely aware of what's happening at our southern border.
2: Yeah, I, I believe that. Now, one of the things that's been very, very disturbing uh, is um, how successful this story is, um, uh, the Sound of Freedom, and uh, how it's bringing attention to the human trafficking, particularly of, of children. However, uh, it seems to me like I've heard that uh, some stats have been removed from the um, Biden uh, administration's website on, uh, on uh, criminal activity. Do you know anything about that?
0: Absolutely.
4: As a matter of fact, I was uh, trying to put that information out this morning because um, they, they absolutely, the Department of Justice removed um, the statistics regarding human trafficking stats uh different types of three different categories completely wiped out of the department of justice if you can believe that uh website which uh would keep people informed of what actually is happening right but um uh epic times did a great uh report uh, bringing it bringing it to light saying that they they quietly took it down uh this series of what related to not just domestic but international child sex trafficking and other portions um, of how to uh, of recruitment and exploitation uh, into the uh, sex industry, and so this this just goes to show uh, what you said uh, initially about transparency. It doesn't exist under this administration. What's happening now, not just with human trafficking, and they're trying to cover it up. We don't want people to know. They don't want people to understand what's actually happening, and that in fact. Child trafficking exists. I'm a subject matter expert in human trafficking investigations and victim identification. I did that as, as a special agent with ICE, and uh, I've been dealing with this for a long time. Let me tell you, and this is awareness is a good thing. We want people to be aware. We want parents to be aware t- so they could see the signs because uh, children are being uh, uh, hooked and 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 brought into this uh, sex slave trade through the internet, through many, many different means. I've seen it happen in uh, many different ways. And people need to be aware that this is real, that this is not a conspiracy thing. This is real. It's a horrible, horrible act, a criminal act against human beings, especially against children and women. And it exists. This is so much, George, that it's now reported that it surpasses the money that's been made in the drug trade. And yeah. so these cartels that we talk about a lot on the board, guess what? They, they now have moved into the human trafficking and human smuggling of people because they realize, wait a minute, there's a lot of money to be made here. And and so now they control it. Now it goes through the cartels. It, it, it wasn't like that at one point when I did my investigations. The, the smugglers and the traffickers were separate, but not anymore. It's the cartels that control it. It's the cartels that see it through to the final destination into the U.S.
2: Wow. Now, give the the people an idea of when somebody is smuggled i mean the, the 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 thing that many people believe is that the person is paying to get across the border and once they're across the border that's the end of it what is the reality of it when these people are being smuggled by a cartel into the country what is the reality
4: so so there's there's two different types of crime here and i'm I'm glad you you asked that question because it happens to be a a a pet peeve of mine because it's important to to recognize the two types of crime. one is like you said is smuggling the smuggling of a person whether that individual that illegal alien turns them turns themselves into border patrol or they get smuggled in the back of a tractor trailer put in a stash house that is smuggling and the individual pays that fee and then that's the end of it. However, trafficking is the exploitation of the mostly of illegals. You don't have to be illegal, obviously, to be sexually exploited, but we're we're talking about border security here. And what's happening now is that a lot of the times the smuggling is becoming trafficking. So they, they pay an amount to get smuggled and the cartel says, no, we own you and we're going to put you, on uh, if you're a woman or a child in the sex slave trade or forced labor, that's also kind of not mentioned a lot. And we're going to continue to own, own you in a kind of indentured servitude. I, I talked to illegal aliens down Eagle Pass and Del Rio area where they owe the cartels the that smuggling fee. And the cartel is now taking credit and saying, OK, you don't have to pay us. But we're going to get you into Minneapolis or St. Louis or wherever you're going. But when you get there, you are going to pay us back a certain amount a month uh, with a penalty if you don't pay us on time, just like a corporation, just like a credit card. And if we don't if you don't pay us at all, we're going to kill your family in Nicaragua and take your properties yep. you know, wherever you're from. That's the difference of the, how the cartel operates. That is happening more and more day day after day.
2: And that's, you know, that is so difficult for most people to understand and believe. Now, another thing, another thing is how the trafficking of people from the U.S. into Mexico is also happening, as well as guns going into Mexico. Tell us a little bit about that.
4: Absolutely. This is something that I worked in many cases in my career. That's why I asked you. Uh, these are these are the uh, what we call... They call them, they used to call them child sex tourism. Uh, and you used to hear a lot about Cambodia and Thailand where Americans would go overseas to go, uh, you know, uh, engage in these illicit activities. But then they started realizing like, wait a minute, I don't have to go that far. I could just go into Mexico and do the same thing. And I took down a lot of Americans, unfortunately, in Mexico, US citizens that were engaging uh, in sex with minors. Sexually exploit them, trafficking them, child pornography. I mean, uh, yes, it it, it happens the other way as well. And of course, you mentioned the weapons. The weapons, um, you know, the cartels are the ones that are in demand of those weapons. They have the money to buy these weapons. But one thing I say about the weapons, yes, they go from the U.S., but it almost seems like Mexico it doesn't exist there, or at least their law enforcement or their government, because I never see anybody do a huge enforcement at the border on the mexican side saying you know what we seized all these guns we seized all this money it seems because of the corruption in mexico it's open so yes you get to smuggle uh guns into mexico um as a matter of fact our own government under the obama biden administration did it operation under operation fast and furious they knew that no one's going to check in mexico and so thousands of weapons made their way south Arming the cartels, killing agent uh, Brian Terry and my partner agent uh, Jaime Zapata with those guns, and so and those those guns have been found, by the way, not just in Mexico, but in France, Benghazi, all over the all over the world, used uh, and and killing a lot a lot of human lives, and so um, this is a, a border. It all comes down to border enforcement on both sides of the border.
2: Wow! Incredible. Buddy, we're going to let you go. Um, tell the folks how they can follow you, or where they can, where they can read more about you.
4: Absolutely, go to. Uh, uh, you can find me online, Facebook, Victor Avila Junior on Instagram. I keep people in touch of my speaking engagements, like today here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, speaking to the Narcotics Officers Association and and giving them firsthand information on what's going on. Uh, unfortunately, George, there's never a shortage. Of information it keeps on coming Uh, there's a huge issue with the cartels there's a big movement people need to understand that what happens in Mexico is very important to be on top of it because it's affecting us it's coming over it's not staying in Mexico those cartels are involved and heavily present in our country and just be aware that they are in your town and a lot of these crimes are associated and linked back to these cartels
2: you got it buddy You got it. Thank you very, very much, Victor. We've been speaking to uh, our good friend, Mr. Victor Avila, former DE agent and now expert on what's going on at the border. Victor, take care. We will be back in touch with you, my man.
3: Thank you, George. Speak to you soon.
2: Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Howdy, howdy, howdy once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got uh, a new guest with us, Mr. Rob O'Donnell, and uh, he is uh, with an organization called Pipe Hitter Foundation out of Dallas. And uh, we wanted to get him on because uh, we've been talking a lot about um, uh, the issue of local crime. And the war on police And uh, I wanted to get him on to tell us what is going on in Dallas Because, my friends, it appears that what is going on in New York subways Is now filtering its way down to Dallas Of course, Dallas has always thought itself like New York And I guess they're following suit So, uh, Rob, welcome to the show Tell us a little bit about um, the Pipe Hitter Foundation and, And a little bit about your background
0: Sure, George.
1: Thanks for having me. Yeah, I served on the as a board member on the Pipe Hitter Foundation. It was founded by Eddie and Andrea Gallagher, Chief Eddie Gallagher of Navy SEAL, who was uh, wrongfully charged with manslaughter by the, the U.S. Navy and uh, ended up beating the charges, acquitted on mostly all, mostly all charges except for taking a photo uh, with a, a deceased terrorist. Uh, you know, the same charge that about a dozen other naval enlisted and officers were in and none of them were even charged so it just goes to show you the length but uh because of that battle he was put in solitary confinement uh they used his kid they raided his house in the middle of the night when he was in the brig uh letting him know play by play that his kids were being dragged out in their underwear at gunpoint to intimidate him while he was in solitary confinement so Just the things that we've seen our military and our law enforcement, our first responders across the nation go through when the government, be it a municipality, be it a city, be it the the Navy, has unlimited resources. And a lot of times the average citizen or the average police officer or fireman, EMT or, or Army, Navy, Marine Corps, Airmen, don't have the resources to defend themselves. And when he was acquitted of all charges and, and let out, they still continued to punish him. They wanted to knock him down in rank. They wanted to take his tribe away. And that's the only time that former President Trump stepped in to to make sure he he retained his tribe. And because, like I said, he was acquitted on all charges. A big misconception rare that was that Trump pardoned him, and that's not the case. So because of the battle that his family went through, his wife and his brother— were sounding boards across the nation in his defense while he was being held and they created this uh
2: post his incident they created this foundation the pipe hitter foundation to help people in that very situation gotcha and uh you have served as a police officer uh as well uh and uh tell us a little bit about that
1: yeah, I've been in public safety for over three decades. I started in the late 80s, early 90s in New York City as a New York City transit police officer. That was later merged in 1995 into the NYPD as a whole um, and ended up retiring out of there. You know, was there during 9-11, was there during the 93 World Trade Center bombing uh, and ended up ended up retiring uh, out of the New York City Homicide Task Force, um, where I, I ended up. Being injured in the line of duty post nine eleven and uh, you know had some surgeries I needed to get done and ended up retiring could no longer do sworn police work
2: gotcha all right so Rob tell us about um, the situation of uh, that we've got in with the Dallas area rapid transit DART and armed guards Talk, tell us about that armed guards is just
1: and this is all fruition from the defund the police movement armed guards are just a patchwork they're not sworn law enforcement officers they are armed presence they are somewhat of a deterrent but once crime gets too much out of control and and criminals are very in uh, adapt to learning their environment very quickly and realize that these armed guards don't have the power that sworn police officers have i, I don't think it'll have the impact that they they expect it to have in the city you know in new york city you know, we we redefined policing as far as the broken windows theory and dealing with fair evaders because the biggest thing back then is if you were going to commit a larger crime if you were going to commit a rape, a robbery, an assault you weren't paying to get on the subway so it was merely people jumping the turnstile and we were finding all these guns, all these weapons people with felony warrants for murder uh, felony warrants for robbery and that was the start of that, uh, you know holistic approach to battling crime and people think oh they're just minor offenses just quality of life offenses well you got to realize hardened felons don't care about quality of life felon uh, um, issues either so they are committing them just as much as they're committing their violent crimes and once we targeted that we ended up reducing crime
2: now that's very very interesting because here in San Antonio they have instituted a project a program where supposedly the presence of a police car will deter uh, crime. And uh, what um, the rank and file police are telling us is that um, all the people, all the criminals do is just move someplace else.
1: Yeah, I think anyone across the nation has seen the tactic where they'll put a, a police highway car on the on the highway, visible for everybody to see to slow everyone down. And everyone slows down for the first couple of days, maybe week, but once they realize there's no one in there and it's just a, a prop, you know, the speeding goes right back to where it used to be. So this will be a very minor impact, a very short term impact. But once they realize that it's not a real police presence, like I said, criminals are very adapt to their environment.
2: Yeah, we have seen in uh, in New York how uh, the uh, quality of uh, of life in riding a uh, a subway has become well, dangerous in in many ways. And even when somebody fights back, uh, the person is uh, is uh, the person that fought back is the one that's uh, put uh, in a guilty situation. Uh, what uh, what what can we do about this situation? I mean, uh, criminals don't seem to be punished.
1: Yeah, and that goes back to the age old you know, elections have consequences. You're putting people. DAs, uh, states' attorneys, mayors with this judicial revolving door criminal justice reform mentality that just aren't looking at reality. Criminals do criminal things, and criminals realize that they're only caught for a small portion of the crimes they actually do commit, and then they pay their price. They consider that a cost of doing business. They spend their minimal time in jail now, especially with this criminal justice reform, and they're right back on the street committing the crimes in the lifestyle that they're normally committing the playbook's been there we've done it we've reduced crime nationwide they know how it's done it's just this reversal this anti-police defund the movement rhetoric that's been out there Uh, and i've said from the start for every one year that takes hold you're looking at three or four years to correct that because you are driving your good most experienced police officers out of policing they're retiring they're moving to other cities where they're they are endured and they are, are respected and to replace them police department cities are having, having to lower their standards they're having to you know do without with lower uh, staffing issues that's that we're seeing across the nation as well and it just takes so much time to replace those good most experienced police officers it's giving that time more time for the crime to get a foothold
2: wow so uh rob if you could sit down with the dallas area leadership The elected leadership, the ones that control uh, the the police departments or the uh, the policies, public policies. uh, What would you tell them?
1: Well, first and foremost, you need to let your police be the police. Uh That's the the police. There's not a single police officer in this in this nation that writes their own laws. These laws are written by politicians they're written by legislatures so for the police to get the blame for the laws they're simply enforcing you know if you don't like the laws if you don't like the laws that are out there change them at your level don't blame the police for actually enforcing them but let the police be the police and you must support them when they do that that said you must also have a zero tolerance for any kind of abuse of that that shows the public and it shows the police hey We are going to support you 100%, but if you take advantage of that, if you abuse your authority, we are going to hold you accountable, and then some. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Um, And, and, you know, the same old, once you start doing that, police, uh, our first responders in America, have literally will run through gunfire. They will run through flames to save the public that they are sworn to protect all they want is the support to do that and when there is a questionable situation give them the benefit of the doubt there are more levels in police investigations than anything else you have your initial supervision on the scene you have your internal affairs you have the district attorney you have the state's attorney you have the department itself you have the justice department i mean you're talking six or seven levels that are going to investigate something and and 99% of the time that those processes work the way they should when there is wrongdoing, but when there's not wrongdoing, fine, you need to support these officers.
2: That's amazing. Buddy, we're going to need to let you go, but is there anything else that you could add? I mean, we are seeing this uh, defund the police movement all over Texas, particularly in Austin. And uh, we need, we need to, to fight back. We need, I mean, we need to do something about it. Any any recommendations, any last thoughts that you can leave us with?
1: For every moment you let this persist, for every moment you let this defund the police and this anti-police rhetoric take hold, you are looking at two to three times that to gain that ground back. So the more time you waste debating that, the more time you waste looking and trying to reinvent something that's already been proven and true, it's the longer it's going to take you dealing with this crime, the worse the crime's going to get.
2: Fantastic. Very, very well said, my friend. Once again, my friends, we've been speaking with Mr. Rob O'Donnell, board member for the Pipe Hitters Foundation, a pro-police uh, uh, organization out of Dallas. And uh, Rob, we need to get you back on on the show again soon so that uh, we can talk a little bit more about what is happening to our men, to our men and women in blue uh, all over the place in Dallas and, uh, and in other places.
1: No doubt, George. The the conversation needs to continue.
2: You got it. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Howdy, howdy, howdy once again, my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And uh, we've got our very, very good friend, Mr. Mark Morgan, uh, former U.S. Customs and uh, Border Protection Commissioner. And uh, I wanted to get him on, as usual, so we can get... uh, His perspective on what is happening with the border crisis, particularly uh, this morning. I was telling him that uh, it has been announced that uh, the Biden administration is pulling back uh, the federal troops on the uh, on the border. So I guess that's just going to leave the state folks uh, and uh, the Border Patrol, few that they that are allowed to do anything. Mark, thank you for taking time to be with us. What is happening? Give us your perspective.
0: Well, one thing, George, and, and I hadn't even heard about that this morning because there's so much that's going on with respect to this administration, how they continue to s- dismantle every effective tool, authority, and policy we have to secure our borders. Uh, but, but here's one, one thing, though, the false narrative. The numbers are not going down. That's simply a lie. What's happening under this administration is what we've been calling a shell game. Is and this is what they're doing. They're simply diverting some some illegal aliens that were entering illegally in between the ports of entry, and they just diverted them to the ports of entry where they're continue to look the other way as as we as they know they're filing overwhelmingly the majority of the time fraudulent asylum claims to process. And releasing them in the United States, and they're also often unlo- unlo- using parole to do that. And so it, the numbers aren't going down. It's a lie. It's a big shell game. And, and they only want you to focus, though, on like one aspect you know, in their messaging. Well, the numbers in a 30-day period from May to June went down uh, <laughs> a, a few percentage points. Right. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the, at our ports of entry, those numbers went up a hundred percent. Um, and right now that we're getting the numbers in from July it's going to be great how they spent it from June to July even the numbers that are illegally entering they spiked up 38% from June to July so it's a big lie it's a big shell game the, the crisis isn't getting better it's just getting worse and now with removing personnel it's just simply going to get worse here's real quick here's what's going to happen we already know that, that overwhelming majority of border patrol agents are not online somewhere 80 90% because they're often facilities doing administrative duties related to processing and releasing illegal aliens now when you pull away military personnel who are assisting that's going to put put even less eyes on the border so it's going to allow even more godaways more criminals more potential national security threats and more drugs to pour into our country
2: it is you know The thing that also really gets to me is how the fake news helps. Yesterday, uh, on the news here in San Antonio, they showed uh, uh, pictures of uh, uh, people passing kids over the Constantina wire, uh, passing them over, as well as they claimed of uh, a, a plane being loaded with folks who were being deported. And again, the people that were being deported... That they showed were women and some and uh, some children. Uh, It it is, uh, I mean, the the hoax is really seems to be very very well uh, put together.
0: Yeah, so that, that's part of what I say. They're they're intentionally hijacking one of the greatest strengths of America, and, and that's our compassion. Um, and they're, they're and those are the images because they want to show the images so they so that their narrative, George, as you know, will be all the poor, vulnerable migrants. Well, here's the other side of the story that they don't tell. When you incentivize, encourage, and reward illegal immigration to the highest levels we've had in the past two years, have have exceeded any that we've seen in our entire history of our country since we started keeping statistics when you do that guess what also you increase The suffering at the hands of the, of the cartels to the migrants themselves. That's a side you'll never hear any of the liberal media or you'll never hear this administration talk about. We know that 30% of young women and children are raped or sexually assaulted on their journey up here. In the last 29 months, year, uh, year after year, there have been more dead migrants found on board border than any, uh, under any other president in time. Right now, in the first 29 months of the Biden administration, we're looking at over 1,900 dead migrants and that's just from Customs and Border Protection. That doesn't include what was recovered by the local law enforcement or those that died in the Daring Gap or Mexico before they even got to our border. It doesn't include the, the, the untold numbers of young women and children that have been thrust into the life of labor and sex trafficking after they've uh, uh, entered the United States. I could go on and on. So so when you when you open your borders – when you open borders, just think about how many more women were raped. Think about how many more migrants died. Think about how many more migrants now are thrust in the life of trafficking because of this administration's open border policies. There is nothing humane that's going on, but that's what the liberal media wants you to believe.
2: Now, recently, the uh, uh, Mayorkas went before a, uh, a House committee. Uh, do you know anything about uh, what happened with uh, that hearing?
0: Yeah, what, what, what we know is, once again, George, what we heard is that we, we know uh, when, when Secretary, how Secretary Mayorkas is lying, it's when his lips are moving. Right. I mean, this right. I mean, seriously, I mean, this man, this man is is, is the first secretary in our lifetime who oversees a major department of the United States who was coming here and viewed the law as a mere advisory opinion. He's abdicated his oath. He's abused his authority. He's lied to the American people. He's lied to Congress. And he's been the chief architect of the worst border security crisis in our lifetime. And he continues to lie. He finally, after Chip Roy, I think this is the third Round of 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 finally cornered him in to having to admit he's been lying all along when he says that they they have operational control. He finally got the secretary to admit that that according to the law he does not have operational control even though he's lied for year after year saying that he has i mean george you and i were talking before we got on one number alone one 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 data point and there's many but one data point alone should shock and terrify every american citizen in our nation and that is the gotaways in 29 months there have been over 1.5 million known godaways and everybody will tell you that number is willfully unreported it's probably somewhere around 1.8 to 2 million godaways but think about this let's just stick with the 1.5 known godaways there are 12 states whose population is less than 1.5 million we've literally added a fifth equivalent of a 51st state of godaways and why do we have gotaways? Because the, we, we know they're not asylum seekers because they're trying to evade apprehension, and they have. That's where the criminals are. That's where the murderers, rapists, pedophiles, traffickers, aggravated felons, and gang members are. That's where potential national security threats. That's why we say what's going on our border jeopardizes every aspect of a nation's safety and national security, and people just don't get it.
2: Now, and when we're talking about the public safety and these gotaways, among these gotaways, we know that there's got to be some, some criminals, maybe even yep. terrorists, and, yep. uh, and and that just doesn't seem to, to be a focus on on, on uh, these uh, the, these liberal politicians.
0: That's right, or the liberal media, right, because it doesn't fit in the narrative. George, what we know – here. here's what we know, what, what has been apprehended. And and they always like to talk about like, oh, look at the drugs we've seized or look at the individuals we seize. seized. It's not about what we seize. It's about what we don't seize. And we know because of our open borders. We know drugs are pouring in our wide open border. How do we know that? Two major factors. One is that domestic law enforcement agencies within the United States are continuing to make record high seizures in the United States. So we know the drugs are getting by. Second, in the last two years, 100,000 Americans have died from drug overdose or fentanyl poisoning. So no, drugs are continuing to pour into this country. And then again, 1.5 million known godaways. Well, in the last 29 months, Border Patrol and OFO have encountered over 50,000 criminals, including 130 convicted murderers, thousands of those aliens have been convicted of, of assault, thousands of gang members. And that's just who we apprehended. Now, let's go back to the 1.5 million. Think about how many murders and rapists and pedophiles and aggravated felons are among the 1.5 million known Godaways. George, this is insanity. My question to anybody with, how many murderers are you comfortable with that have gotten away? How (laughs) many rapists are you comfortable with? How many gang members are you comfortable with that have evaded apprehension and and made it into our our United States? The answer should be zero.
2: Exactly, exactly. And while all of this is happening, we are seeing the uh, mayor of of New York screaming and yelling that there's too many illegal aliens coming, but he doesn't say... Too much about uh, about shutting down the border, and now we've got in uh, Illinois because I know that you were a, a police officer at one point in your career. Now they're they're, they're in Illinois. They're going to be hiring illegal aliens uh, as police officers. I don't know where we're going with this whole thing.
0: Yeah, George, so think about that. Illinois. It's just stupid. It's just ignorant. Right. And we know this is once again, this is about politics and ideology. We're once again, we're putting America last in the pursuit of politics and ideology. That's all this is about. And the governor of Illinois, he's a joke. He knows this is BS. He knows this is stupid. First of all, if you're in the country, if, if, if you're not a lawful permanent residence country, you can't purchase a gun. <laughs> so so, so, so what, how's he going to get around that? Okay, so, so if he tries to get around that, think, think about this for a second. And this is what a lot of people don't understand. I know you do, but when you illegally enter the country, first of all, whether you claim asylum or not, that was still a crime. If you if you enter in between the ports of entry, you've still violated the law. You violated our nation's sovereignty. Even if you claim asylum and under this administration, you're released. So that's number one. We're gonna actually hire people to enforce the law, the very thing that they violated. And then what happens is if you claim asylum, then you get work authorization. Well, your hearing, your immigration hearing could be three, four, five years down the road. And and after that, you could be found that your claim was not valid and you could be ordered removed by a federal immigration judge. Think about that. You could have already been trained, spent a lot of money training you. You could, you've you five years on, on the, 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 the police force and now your proceeding is done and the judge says, you're not here legally get out you're removed <laughs> now what happens now what happens to the police officer think about it. you get pulled over and, and the police officer asks you for your your driver's license your papers and the driver says well wait a minute i want to see your papers first <laughs> right i mean it's, it's stupid george
2: <laughs> that is so great oh uh, mark thank you very very much for joining us today we want to we want to ha- really really uh, i i got to get you back on the show again We've been talking with our good friend, Mr. Mark Morgan, former uh, Commissioner for Customs and Border Protection. Uh, You're you're raising such good issues and such good points. Thank you very much for taking time to be with us, buddy.
0: You bet. Anytime, George.
2: Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Once again, my friends, thank you for joining us. It's been a great show. We're going to have another great show next week. Please tell your friends to join us. Once again, let me remind everyone that we are always looking for advertisers uh, for our show so that we can continue pushing our message out there. We are also also, we are also always lo- looking for donations, tax-free donations, my friends, that you can make. And uh, in or- for information about that, either advertising on our show or donations, tax-deductible donations, please send me an email or a uh, personal message on Facebook. Uh, and uh, I'll be glad to get back with you and give you all the information you want. Our show, my friends, uh, is not only on KLUP, but I also uh, do a, a podcast that we post on my, uh, on my Facebook page and Linkage and a few others. Uh, also, uh, we uh, share our program with uh, folks through email. We have an email list for those that are interested. Again, contact me, we will put you on the email list and we will send you information on a regular basis, all about race relations, all about the border crisis, and fake news, local fake news, my friends, because local fake news is just as bad as the national fake, uh, uh, fake news. In fact, I think it's worse. Because we've got to remember, my friends, that the fight for freedom starts at the local uh, jurisdiction, at the local level. And when you've got local fake news that uh, is deceiving people, uh, it it makes it very, very difficult for you to establish your freedom and liberty, or to fight for it. So, once again, I thank everybody for uh, joining us today. I want to thank Sheena Rodriguez, Victor Avila, Rob O'Donnell, and Mark Morgan for being our guests We will have um, more uh, exciting guests for for our uh, next show next week. Join us on Saturday at 2 o'clock Central here on KLUP 930 AM Radio. The Answer. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Till next time.